That was Song of the Streets from Penang Lovely Music. Reporter Belinda Jackson has just returned from Malaysia, where she visited two of the Air Island states, Penang and Langkawi. Tonight she reports on her time in her historic Penang with its British colonial history, its multicultural mix of Chinese, Malay, Indian, Thai and Indonesian, its preservation of colonial buildings and its fascinating street food. She spoke with Graham Kemlo. I have one of our favourite reporters on the line, Belinda Jackson, fresh back from Malaysia. And uh, she visited a couple of the states of Malaysia. And uh, there are uh, there are a number. I've actually been to many of them, having worked up there over the years. But Belinda, you're just back. Uh, I know you went to Penang and uh, you hadn't been there before. How did you find Penang? I loved Penang and I actually am surprised that I haven't been before because it's been mm. at the forefront of my mind for, for so many years. Um, uh, you know, I've done a lot of work in KL. You know, at one time, whenever you were going to Europe, you would either be going through KL or Bangkok. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was really surprised that I that I hadn't been. And, and I know you've eaten laksa and other nonya cuisine, which, of course, comes from Penang um, originally. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting that you haven't been there. How did you find it? What was your sort of impression of this island uh, off the coast of mainland Malaysia? Oh, look, I, I, I just think it's the most fascinating place. Um, it's one of the great historical cities of, of, of Malaysia. Um, it's up there with Malacca, you know, down south as well. It's got it's got lush layers of recent history of, of World War II history. It's got colonial history. Then stepping back, it's, um, it's actually quite a, a bit of a stronghold for Chinese, Malay cuisine, especially, and interactions. So, you know, I'd come from Langkawi, which was much more Malay, another island further north. Sure. And then coming down to Penang, you know, because because Malaysia is so multi-ethnic. Mm. You know, it's so it's so layered and it's so It rich. is, yeah. So, yeah, and the and the interesting thing about Penang is that Georgetown, which is the the main the main city uh, on the island, has overtaken the beach resort area of Batu Ferengi um, up on the coast. I mean, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, everybody used to go there and stay in the big, in the, you know, the mega resorts. That I did. Yeah. <laughs> did. I know yeah. you did. And that's why I think, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I've been scrounging through my mind thinking, did I go to Batu Ferengi? And I, I yeah. And, but in that, in that time, now Georgetown has really risen above that and it's, it's reclaimed its heritage. And yeah. one of those... Probably the symbol of it, I would say, would be the Chinese shop houses of Georgetown, and they they are the skeleton on which this fabulous city is hangs upon. And I I, I just found the architecture was amazing, the history was amazing, the food was amazing, the streets are amazing. Oh, I loved it. Loved yeah, it. no, it's a great it's a great city, and a, a little similar to to Singapore in, the, in terms of the the shop houses, where you know you, the retail happens downstairs and the family lives upstairs, multi-layered and multi-generational uh, in most instances. Yeah, I think the difference with Singapore is Singapore has worked out that they look great and they're really tricked up, you know, they look fabulous. Yeah. Um, Penang has, you know, it's it's kept a sort of a certain authenticity to it that, that actually appealed to me. They weren't just there for looking pretty. You know, people are still working there. You'll still find a guy selling buckets. I was talking to a, an Australian expat, Narelle McMurtry, who's lived mm. there for, for, well, she's been in Penang for 12 years, been in Malaysia for more than 30 years. Yeah. And as she was saying, she lives in, in a shop house that she bought um, 
you know, a de- more than a decade ago. Her neighbour uh, sells plastic buckets from his shop house and the family lives up the back. On the other side is a recycling store and then uh, beside that is a tiny little bar tucked around the back. You go to the laneway behind it and, and, you, and they've got a, you know, a fabulous little bar in there that's serving gorgeous cocktails until late at night and that's that it's it's really accessible for for travelers because I find often it's it's difficult to to step into the depth of such a layered city such a storied city you know and you you feel that you're just skimming on the surface but 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 in Penang I feel that you can just you can really get your hands dirty and get in there and just and just explore and and because it is a functioning, operating city that just isn't there for a superficial tourism layer. No, it's. I imagine it's been a trading city uh, over over early years. With the port uh, there obviously would have had ships calling in on the way through to other destinations such as Malacca, uh, the Straits of Malacca and, and Singapore. So it's got that richness of an international flavour about it too. Not a high-flying Hong Kong, but a very authentic sort of uh, local layer to it i I wandered around there one day and and just enjoyed taking photos uh, you know on the street it was quite fascinating well actually that port is a is a deep water port and so it it has been of of integral importance to malaysia it was uh used by the british east india company and that's where and that's where that colonial history sort of ticked in from Mm. it so yeah, no, it's 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 uh, and because it's on the coast, you know, if you go up, you you're heading Thailand, and then if you go down, you're in Indonesia. So it's really an integral part of the city. And along that, I don't know if you remember when you walked along the harbour, you saw the clan, what are called clan jetties, and they were jetties that were pushed out off the island, which were places just to offload and unload your, your cargo. But then they they built up, and and you know, people lived in them, and over times, different clans of them and they you know a funny thing you can walk along them now and you see people's and you you literally you know this is what I'm talking about being an integral part of the day-to-day life on these jetties people have built their houses Mm. so when you're walking through you're literally looking into somebody's lounge room or their garden it's (laughs) I don't know how I feel about it still a public jetty but they are attached to the side of it are they yes and I didn't do that yeah they've been there for for you know for generations yeah and the funny thing was that they you know they're really picturesque and crumbling they were considered an absolute eyesore for Penang and it started to demolish all of these clan jetties until literally halfway through the demolition process they got a UNESCO heritage status oh. slapped on top of them oh that'll and, do it <laughs> and that's what's and that's what's preserved the city it's okay. by doing that you know otherwise that would have been razed to the ground and and it would have had more of those big multinational hotels or those big concrete hotels just trading on a sea view but instead you've got this fabulously rich island that's renowned for its street food i mean everybody that you meet in malaysia they say where are you going i'm going to penang Oppa, you know get on the scales you know? yeah, so, yeah that's um, right and yeah and street food is really its calling card but i think that that's one part of this fabulous story i gather you really enjoyed the food you had to eat there including a degustation dinner at one place Oh, I ate myself into a food coma um, <laughs> three times a day. I did. I know. Yeah. I ate at the street markets. I ate at uh, like hawker centres. Yeah. Um, I had nice, you know, really good coffee. But then I also I had dinner one night in a degustation restaurant called Juju Lounge, and it's tiny. It's only got sixteen to eighteen seats, depending on the night. And yeah. to get there, you have to go down a street, 
turn into a lane, go to an alleyway and push the black door, go past the Chinese temple and into this very dark alleyway and uh, push a black door at the end of it. And that leads you into this tiny little restaurant. Which, did uh, you have to have a password? Uh, just about. Yeah. I, think they, I think they did a retinal scan when I walked in or something <laughs> like that. But then you go upstairs and, and this restaurant is uh, Juju Lounge. is really beautiful. Chef Cece literally spends his days driving around collecting seafood from around Penang that he prepares for that night's menu. So but That's very true. You know, they, they do not serve you stuff that's not in season. No, They're not importing uh, Mexican uh, oranges or, uh, you know, the seafood from the North Sea. No, and it was astonishing. And he said, look, if, if, it's, if I can't buy it, then you're not going to eat it. So, yeah. yeah, I thought it was an incredible dedication to the art. He sat down with me toward the end of the or during the meal and I was like gosh what time have you got to get up in the morning so you know he's got his his fisherman texting him at five o'clock in the morning going okay this is what I've caught today and then it's presented in a layer in in a series of of light beautiful dishes that are just really encapsulate uh, a sense of place and I think that's that to me is that's the point of travel. It's not the globalisation, as you say, you know, um, salmon from Norway or, you know, Morton Bay bugs from yeah. Morton Bay. It's yeah. about eating what you're, what is in the sea and what is in the market that mm. morning. And, and, I, and I thought it was a beautiful experience. And if you go, yes, you can eat on the street and that is an essential experience, you know, on plastic stools and just eating, you know, fabulous flat noodles or, you know, puff pastry and, yeah. and, and, and different rice dishes. And then you can also... You know, explore this. It's semi-fine dining would be the way to put it. I mean, one of the top Asia top 50 restaurants is, is in Penang. Um, is that right? Which is, yeah, which is, it's called Gen and it is in, in the Prestige Hotel, which is a new hotel that opened just before the global lockdowns. And um, that's more of a commitment. That's like three hours and, you know, it's 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 really laying in there. I right. thought um, Juju Lounge was, was just a little less formal. It was more like a almost like a bit of a speakeasy kind of feel to it. It had a little bar and it was beautiful. Some of the hotels, not those up on the Gold Coast that you referred to earlier, but those downtown, there's quite uh, some interesting heritage hotels out there. That has become, uh, to me, that would be the essential place to stay. And also because if you're there on the weekends and if it's a public holiday, it does get really crowded in Georgetown, which is a city to explore on foot or bike or or e-scooter. And so these, a lot of them are the shop houses that we were talking about, these Chinese shop houses, and they've been converted. So one of the most famous is the Blue Mansion, which is just over the top with with all of these antiques and, you know, the Peranakan and Chinese cultures as well. But Peranakan is a Chinese-Malay blend of riotous colour and, you know, yeah, you know, like why have wood when you can have wood with gold? Yeah. And, and, and they're just so ornate and decorative. And you, you can't miss the Blue Mansion because it is it is a, a vivid blue that's from the street. And that really pushed off that, that idea of, of restoring these properties and having somewhere that's completely unique to stay. And if you look at the restoration photos, and a lot of them, the hotels have got them on the walls, these are, the properties are hanging in there. Like you'll have a, a facade, but then the back of it would just be absolute ruins. And you think that should really be bulldozed. But, um, you know, the hoteliers there have, have just been so persistent that mm. there's now a series there's one such as seven terraces there's the edison which is opposite the blue mansion which is completely beautiful and funnily enough i was talking to a another travel writer friend of mine philip game 
who had led uh, tours through Penang at one point, and he said, oh, there used to be this really terrible, terrible old dump op- opposite the Blue Mansion, and uh, and it may have had uh, offered certain facilities for late-night taxi drivers. And I was like, no, right. I think... And you don't mean it. a uh, hamburger with a lot. I really don't. No. <laughs> Got these fabulously high ceilings that just that soaring ceilings and a beautiful sense of space and airiness and in a way they they follow um a similar building structure to uh, a lot of the uh, moroccan so there's moorish elements to them yeah no it's um i think it's just a style of architecture that works in high in places of high high heat and that is that you've got the rooms built around a central courtyard which is open to the elements and what the amazing thing here was if you th- if you th- remember Malaysia is insanely tropical, you know, and, and, and that rain just pours down. So they've got, a, a you know, an open void in the middle of this building. The rain pours down. It never floods. They catch the water as they need it or have gardens there, and that is a natural form of air conditioning. Air conditioning, yes. Now, tell me, the other place that I didn't stay at, but I, I looked very uh, longingly at the Eastern and Oriental, which is the grand old dame of hotels. Uh, did you go in there? Uh, I did. And you know what? She's absolutely beautiful. Enjoyed a significant restoration during COVID. So I, it's, it's one of those uh, sparkling white facades. So and... sort of a raffles for Penang, is it? Is that how you describe it? Well, it, it is actually the same developers. So the Eastern and Oriental was built by the Saki brothers who went on to build raffles in Singapore. Ah, so, so this was their out-of-town tryout. Well, a little bit like that, but then Penang was fabulous, you know, as hmm. well. Belinda Jackson there with Graham Kemlo. You'll find Belinda's stories and pictures in the next issue of Vacations and Travel magazine.